Hi again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of my Quantum Health podcast. Uh, I know we've been hearing the buzz surrounding COVID and masks ad nauseum, and <laughs> I'm as exasperated with it as anyone, but with the emergence of talk of a new variant of COVID, uh, I think we also need to be prepared to talk facts in this age of great deception and social bullying. Now, I'm not going to talk in this segment about the details surrounding the, the Delta variant, except to say that there are experts who are saying that there is no variant at all, and others who are saying that there might be a variant, but it's a much weaker version of the original, producing symptoms similar to that of the common cold, which would beg the question, well, then, <laughs> what's the difference? But my focus in this session isn't going to be on the variant, but on masks, since mask mandates have been re-implemented in several places, including here in my neck of the woods in our school systems. Uh, so many people are preparing to pull their kids out of school because of these mandates, and I think, yes, indeed, it's come to that. Desperate times require desperate measures. But is it really worth all that? I mean, why not just be a nice guy or a nice gal and comply? After all, isn't wearing a mask and getting vaccinated showing regard for the other person? Well, let me ask you a similar question. Why isn't my dissenting opinion respected? You see, I'm all for choice in this debate. If a person wants to wear a mask, great, knock yourself out. But don't make me wear one until it's been proven definitively that masks protect from virus. And so far, that's not been proven, as I'm about to show you. So if all the people who want social distance and, and uh, vaccinations and, and wear, mask wearing and all that, if they want to do all that, great. Stay home and live in fear, but leave the rest of us alone. In fact, I'm all for doing a grand social experiment. Let's have all the people who believe in masks wear them to their heart's content. And let's let all the people who don't believe them in them be allowed to not wear them. And then let's compare notes in a year. I'll bet the non-mask wearers will be healthier than the mask wearers. But you see, that's not being talked about because the maskers uh, want to force masks on everyone. And um, yeah, I see that as a problem. But listen, I have no ax to grind here. I just want to get to the facts. If I'm wrong, fine, prove it to me. I don't mind being proven wrong if I'm truly wrong. But be prepared to take apart the scientific references presented here one by one and prove it to me using empirical evidence clearly overturning each and every one of the scientific points and references and quotes that I'll use here in this presentation. And if you can, great, you've won me over. But if you can't, then why can't we have a mutually respectful discussion on this? So can we just look at the facts for a moment? And I'm not going to give you my opinion here. I'm just going to give you what the research shows and what some very smart researchers have to say. Uh, so I'll be using not only scientific references and articles, but also statements from some very brilliant scientists and physicians and medical publications. All right. So then on that note, I want to say this. Why isn't this other side of the argument that I'm presenting here being allowed to be discussed in public forums without people who are saying something different than the popular narrative being vilified? Why are we creating a culture on the news, in schools, in places of employment, et cetera, where healthy discussion is not allowed? 
Why are dissenting voices being shut down with a significant degree of force? Folks, healthy debate is the hallmark of scientific discovery. And I'm also going to say that healthy debate is also the hallmark of intelligence. <laughs> Without that, we just have one interpretation of the findings, and that's never healthy. We have to look at the, uh, uh, all the facts from all the angles, not just the ones that we find comfortable or convenient. So in this podcast, I'm going to give you the other side of the argument that we're not allowed to talk about without being censored, shamed, or otherwise punished in some way. So let's jump into this. Now, this point right here in this slide I made in the previous uh, podcast that I did, uh, but I want to reemphasize this point again for this discussion. So the holes in a cloth mask um, and there are holes there, otherwise you wouldn't be able to breathe through them. So they're, they're very small holes. They measure about one, or I'm, sure, I'm sorry, 0 0.10 microns in size. Well, folks, listen, the size of a virus is 0 0.023 microns in size. That's 625 times smaller than a human hair. If you kind of want a visual comparison of what 0 0.10 microns looks like compared to 0 0.023 microns. Imagine an insect flying through a chain link fence. That's about the, the size of it. So viruses have, uh, they pass right through a mask with ease. Now, I do want to say that masks are effective against droplets like mucus and saliva. So if someone sneezes or coughs, those airborne particles that you can see with the naked eye will not go through one of those masks. So for that purpose, yes, they're, they're helpful. Uh, they're, they're, they are effective in stopping those droplets coughing or sneezing. They're also, um, they are, are also able to stop bacteria because bacteria is much larger than a virus is. So again, for that purpose, yes, they are effective, but we're not talking about bacteria here. We're talking about viruses, much, much smaller than bacteria. And also they're effective for visible particles. Now, visible, visible particles are things like dust. Um, you know, I should probably give you this little anecdotal experience that I had when I was in my, my late teens and early 20s, I used to work for my dad who had a, a, a piano shop. We rebuilt and refinished pianos and I was the finish man. And so I would put uh, these spray finishes of polyurethane and, and polyurethane and lacquer and what have you on these uh, piano pieces and make them look all beautiful and shiny and what have you. Well, of course, we would mask up for that process when we sprayed those pieces. And I had one of those really high-tech masks that, you know, are form-fitting to your face, a rubber form-fitting mask that would really tight straps on the back of the head with two great big uh, um, filters that filtered out things. So this, I mean, this is a really high-tech expensive mask because you do not want to be breathing lacquer and polyurethane into your lungs if you can help it. But after just a half an hour or so uh, of spraying in that spray booth, with um, particles that you can see with the naked eye, I would take a break, take off that mask, and the the cilia or the 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 hairs in my nose would already be coated with that lacquer or polyurethane. Even even after a half an hour or so spraying all that stuff, even with that kind of mask on, so 
even visible particles can still get through somehow, some way. Um, so while these masks are relatively effective, I guess, in stopping most airborne visible, visible particles, they're not perfect in doing so. So if they won't stop particles that you can see with the naked eye, like polyurethane and lacquer and dust particles and what have you, then how effective do you think they are in stopping a virus for Pete's sake? So where viruses are concerned, no, they do not stop viruses. That's not even their intended application. Uh, a surgical mask like what you're seeing with this little boy on the screen there um, was never intended for that purpose to stop a virus. It was intended to stop droplets from uh, falling into an open suture when a surgeon does a surgery. And I was told that uh, myself by someone who used to work in surgery for many, many years. She was, she was a surgical assistant for years before she actually became a nurse practitioner. So she has a lot of experience in this. And she told me that personally, that that's it, masks don't, that they were never intended for the purpose that we're now using them for. They were only intended, the only reason they are used in, in uh, surgery is to keep, again, uh, droplets of mucus and saliva from falling in open sutures of the person who's being operated on. Well, then we have to look at the warnings from the mask manufacturers themselves. So take a look at the, the screen here. This is a, a warning found on a label of, uh, of a box of these, uh, um, these poly, the, the, these, um, these masks that you buy in the, in the store. And, and look at what it says. These masks help protect against certain particulate contaminants, but do not eliminate exposure to the risk of any disease or infection. It's right there on their warning to not use it for that purpose. It's not designed for that, and it doesn't even work for that. But furthermore, I want to point out, look at what the materials are made of. It's right there on their own label. Uh, polypropylene. Uh, is uh, is the filtration and the barriers. I mean, you don't want to be breathing that stuff into your lungs for any length of time, folks. It's very, that's a carcinogen. It can be very, very damaging to the lungs and to overall health to be breathing in that stuff all day long. You do not want to be doing that for any length of time every day, all day. So again, even the manufacturers of these masks admit and even warn that, hey, don't use them for that purpose. It doesn't work for that. They're only used to protect against certain particulate contaminants, such as airborne article, uh, particles that you can literally see that are big enough to, to see that, that it might stop some of that. Well, even Anthony Fauci early in the saga admitted the same. As a matter of fact, he wrote March 8, 2020, the following. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around wearing masks. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, a mask might make people feel a little better, and it might even block a droplet or two. But it's not providing the protection that people think that it is. Often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their faces. Uh-huh. And think about kids in particular on that particular point. But there you see the good Dr. Fauci, and I use that term tongue in cheek, wearing his mask and putting on a good show for everyone when he knows it doesn't work. That's this, this statement early in the COVID saga is uh, certainly not what he's been presenting to the public, but indeed that's what he believes. 
And I'll give you further evidence of that. This is a copy of um, an email response he sent to a lady by the name of Sylvia Burwell, who emailed him asking his advice on mask wearing. She was about to take a trip and she wanted to know whether or not she should be wearing a mask. And uh, you see there Wednesday, the 5th, uh, Wednesday, February the 5th, 2020 was the date of that email exchange. This is part of what came out in Fauci Gate. And he responds to her the following, Sylvia, the typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low risk location. Your instincts are correct. So there you have it, folks, by Fauci himself. And again, I covered some of this in my previous uh, podcast when I talked about Fauci Gate, but I wanted to give you a lot more detail on masks uh, on this podcast since they're being reintroduced in some school systems and what have you due to the Delta variant issue that we're, oh goodness, we're talking about right now. All right, so let's, let's move on. Well, here's a really smart guy by the name of Dr. Raman Oskui, if I pronounce that name correctly. He's a cardiologist at Johns Hopkins, and he testified under oath at a Senate hearing in December 2020, stating masks do not work. And he was talking about in particular for the purpose that we're now using them for to protect against virus. He says they do not work for that purpose. Here's an article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal, November 11th, 2020, and they state the projected number of lives saved and the implied case of mask mandates are based on a faulty statistic. The projected number of lives saved and the implied case of mask mandates are based on a faulty statistic. That's the Wall Street Journal. Dr. Paul Alexander, an epidemiologist in Canada states, surgical and cloth masks used as they are currently are, used as they currently are, have absolutely no impact on controlling the transmission of COVID-19 virus. And current evidence implies that face masks can actually be harmful. And he's talking about breathing in one's own bacteria and carbon dioxide, thus lowering oxygenation in the lungs. And it's been proven that when uh, your oxygen dips uh, to below th um, 35% of uh, dips by 35% for any extended period of time, that can actually be a breeding ground for cancer. Uh, so you do not want your oxygen levels to dip. And that's one of the things that he's referring to, stating that current evidence implies that face masks can actually be harmful because of the dip in oxygen and also breathing in your own carbon dioxide, your own bacteria, et cetera. And I'll get to more of some of that here in a moment. I also wanna quote Dr. Roger W. Coops, who is a PhD in chemistry at the University of California. He states a mask, and that term usually refers to a surgical mask or an N95 mask, has no benefit in the general population and is only useful in controlled settings. How about the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine, May 21st, 2020? They state, we know that wearing a mask outside of healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. <laughs> okay. You know, it's amazing to me that 
you know, people will, um, you know, talk about these prestigious journals as if they are the gods of all, thing med- all things medical. And then when they see something like this that doesn't fit the narrative, they dismiss it. Well, okay, which is it? Is the New England Journal of Medicine a prestigious and accurate journal or is it not? Okay, you know, and I have my opinion on that because they've never been friendly for the most part to things nutritional. Um, they never, they have not had a good history of saying nice things about uh, nutritional science, but that's another story. I mean, is this a reliable journal or is it not? Okay, they state, we know that wearing a mask outside of healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. There you go. Be prepared to overturn that. Be prepared to overturn all of this if this doesn't fit your narrative. Again, I don't care if you want to prove me wrong, prove me wrong, but take this information and and dissect it and and explode it with facts of your own that clearly overturn uh, what we're saying here. And if you can, great. But if not, folks, let's stop talking about this. Here's another one. Uh, this appeared in the Washington Examiner. This uh, from the CDC, uh, Tuesday, August 25th, 2020. Uh, CDC guidelines say wearing a mask during prolonged exposure to coronavirus won't prevent possible infection. Well, they didn't identify what uh, or, or define what prolonged exposure is. Is that 30 seconds? Is that a minute? Is that five minutes? Uh, we don't know, but I can tell you this, kids in school all day, that's prolonged exposure, wouldn't you think, all day long? Um, And yet we're masking up our poor kids. Well, not us because we homeschool, but (laughs) most of the other population is masking up their poor kids um, for something that won't help them, something that doesn't protect them from prolonged exposure and something that really has very low risk in children anyway. I'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, here's one from Stanford. Uh, this headline reads, Stanford study quietly published at the NIH.gov proves face masks are absolutely worthless against COVID. Now, by the way, I think some pressure got put on Stanford because they withdrew that study um, later on. And I, I'm not surprised about that because pretty much anyone that comes out with statements um, that uh, you know, are not in keeping with the narrative, get attacked. You know, my friend, Dr. Dan Stock, as an example, when he uh, talked about masks and vaccines and and COVID at uh, the Mount Vernon school board meeting, and that uh, was a great six minute speech that went viral nearly overnight. And he was then invited on Tucker Carlson. uh, And uh, that was a great interview. And, and of course, you know, Dr. Stock is a brilliant guy. He's probably one of the top three or four smartest doctors that I have called on in my 28 years of doing what I do. And yet now you have people coming out saying, well, he's not qualified. Not qualified. He's a medical doctor and a brilliant one is at that. Uh, And so this is what happens when you push back against this popular narrative. They don't don't attempt to discredit what he says. Uh, They discredit him. Uh, They say he is not qualified. They don't try to tear apart his arguments and go line by line and reference by reference and overturn all the references that he provided. Um, they just attack him. And that's, that's what they do. So the, the fact that Stanford um, came out with this study and then had to withdraw it because of pressure doesn't surprise me. 
Um, but again, um, this headline, Stanford study quietly published at NIH proves face masks are absolutely worthless against COVID. That's what the study showed. And then the, uh, the subheading on this says that the diapers <laughs> most of us are wearing on our face most of the time apparently have no effect at stopping COVID-19. This explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the last podcast I did, I made a quick reference of Dr. Russell Blaylock, who, by the way, is a neurosurgeon. So, folks, this is one of the brightest people on the planet, a neurosurgeon. Well, he uh, wrote an article that appeared in several places, but the place that I found it was Technocracy News and Trends. The name of the article was Face Masks Post Serious Risks to the Healthy. I just want to read one little segment out of that article for you by Dr. Blaylock. He says, as for the scientific support for the use of face masks, a recent careful examination of the literature in which 17 of the best studies were analyzed concluded that, quote, None of the studies established a conclusive relationship between mask respirator use and protection against influenza infection. He goes on to say, does Dr. Blaylock, keep in mind, no studies have been done to demonstrate that either a cloth mask or the N95 mask has any effect on transmission of the COVID-19 virus. Any recommendations, therefore, have to be based on studies of influenza virus transmission. And as you can see, there is no conclusive evidence their efficiency in controlling flu virus transmission. Again, there is no conclusive evidence of their efficiency in controlling flu virus transmission. Yet we're treating this like it's a scientific fact. It is not a scientific fact. As a matter of fact, this article, and and I would encourage you to read the whole thing because, uh, and again, the, the name of the, the article is Face Mask Post Serious Risks to the Healthy. For some of the reasons I've already posed, it causes oxygenation to go down. You breathe in your own carbon dioxide, you breathe in your own bacteria, et cetera. So he goes over all of that in this article. And then he, it, he posts 13 different scientific references at the end. I put those up for this on the screen for you. So if you want to screenshot that or take a picture of those references on your cell phone and go look those up and study them to your heart's content, and then once again, be prepared to overturn them study by study, line by line of all 13 of them. And if there is evidence to, to prove that all 13 of these studies are absolutely wrong, okay, great. Then I'm all ears. Um, but so far, nobody's been able to do that. Nobody's even tried because everybody has, well, not everybody, but so many people have bought into the popular narrative and just taken it as gospel without even looking into this. It's, it's maddening. Where did our critical thinking go? Where did our, our, our skills of reason go? Where did our, our desire to look at both sides of an argument go? I don't get it. Well, get this. This is from CNBC, um, and CNBC, very left-leaning, very liberal, who has embraced this whole COVID narrative. Um, you know, even they said back in June 8th of 2020, they studied, they uh, published um, the results of a study from the World Health Organization, saying that asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is quote very rare. So we're masking up for something that's not spread 
from asymptomatic people from one to another anyway. They said asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is very rare, according to the World Health Organization, but it doesn't stop there. The largest study in the world of a staggering 10 million people in China showed that asymptomatic transmission of COVID-19 didn't occur at all. It wasn't just very rare. No, it didn't occur at all. 10 million people in this study and showed that no one who was asymptomatic transmitted COVID from one person to another. That's a pretty definitive study when you say 10 million people. <laughs> but yet, we're not hearing that in the news, are we? Just mask up. Well, that's all we're hearing because it's, it's being a good neighbor. Um, it's scientific. No, it is not scientific. And if it's not scientific and it doesn't protect people, then the whole being good to your neighbor argument goes out the window. Stop trying to, to force people to do something that's not scientific, not safe, and uh, has not been proven to help anything, okay? You can tell I'm getting a little bit animated about this because, folks, all I want is the science. That's all I care about. I just want the facts. And so far, the facts are, are leading to a conclusion very different than what we're hearing in the popular narrative. And that makes people like me, uh, apparently... Uh, unkind to our neighbor and and unscientific idiots and what have you. You could tell that you know I have a fair degree of passion about this because I'm just tired of it, and I hope you're tired of it too. Tired enough to start speaking up. Well, what do these masks that kids wear around on their faces and adults too? What what do they show in terms of what they're stopping and what we are breathing in all day long? Well, a group of parents in Gainesville, Florida, wanted to know the answer to that question. So they sent their face masks to a lab to have them analyzed. And uh, here's what they found. Tucker Carlson reported on this. This is a, I mean, this, you can find this article in many different places, but um, I found it on uh, his site. So I'll go ahead and, and, uh, give him credit there. But um, the results of that analysis were this, the lab found no viruses on those masks, but they did find uh, several strains of pathogenic bacteria, such as Streptococcus pneumonia, Myobacterium tuberculosis, E. coli, Staph, and the pathogens that cause sepsis, meningitis, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, etc. So these are what these kids have been breathing out and then breathing back in. And, and again, not just the kids, but adults too, who, who wear these for extended periods of time. Um, so this is what they found. And this makes sense because again, when you breathe out bacteria, it will stick to those masks or even breathe in bacteria, it will stick to the mask because the, the holes that are 0 0.10 microns in size are small enough to, to stop bacteria, but they are not small enough to stop viruses. That's why they found no viruses on those masks, but tons of pathogenic bacteria. And that's just a partial list, by the way. You can go look that up and see the complete list. It's pretty doggone scary. And this is what we're forcing our children to breathe in all day long and what mask wearers of all ages are breathing in. It's not safe, it's not healthy. And we're doing this all for a, a, a virus that has a survival rate in our school age kids of 99.99%. And in, in even in the 70 plus range, it's 94.6%. Folks, the garden variety flu is more virulent and deadly than that. 
so we're causing all this social anxiety and, and we're, we're stunting our children's social uh, skills and their development for, for this. This is from the CDC. I mean, look, look at the screen. It's from the C I, This is not my opinion. This is the CDC. So, you know, how, how am I a conspiracy theorist if I'm just quoting the CDC and other respected scientists and uh, other respected um, resources and scientific publications? How am I a conspiracy theorist if I'm, if I'm just quoting the science for Pete's sake? All right. So, all right. So on that note, um, let's push on here. I want to end by saying this. You're looking at a picture of Billy Graham here, and he said, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. Man, I love that quote. You know, I'm seeing bright people now afraid to speak up because of the possible consequences of making their voices heard. And that is the hallmark of communism. But folks, I want to encourage you to speak up confidently and often. I'm not going to say that there won't be consequences sometimes. I myself am, am taking some degree of risk in putting this information out there. And yes, that does concern me a little. I don't want to get fired or bullied or otherwise harassed in some way. But if we don't start taking a stand, we're going to wake up and find ourselves with no voice at all because our freedoms have been totally taken away. See, if only a handful of people are doing anything, then we're going to lose this battle. But if lots of people grow a backbone, then together we can make a difference. As Edmund Burke once said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I would encourage you all to speak up, make your voices heard, go to your school board meetings, get involved. Um, this is a time for action. And uh, people of courage are people of action. So I hope this has been helpful. God bless you all. And once again, let freedom reign.